0: You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Lord bless you and keep you. Lord good to be with you this morning. Good to see all of you. Grateful for all of you who are here today, uh, guests and, and the regulars. And thank you uh, also uh, to those of you on Zoom. Glad that you're here as well. I can see you. You can see me. I know you can't see everybody out here. You can see some down the middle. We've got a camera. Uh, two cameras in the back, one recording the service and the other one uh, showing you guys on Zoom from behind, and uh, you look good from behind, so just so you know. Welcome, glad to have uh, some of our folks in the Fellowship Hall service. Also, uh, between these three avenues, we're trying to include everyone and give everyone a chance to uh, share together and encourage each other, and I don't know about you, but I'm just grateful we can do something and uh, do it with a... uh, relative sense of, uh, a sense of relative safety. Uh, very, very grateful for that. This is, as Colin said, this has been a tough time for us. It's been a tough year uh, for us and for the world. Uh, we are not alone in this. We've got a lot of uh, companions in suffering across the world, but most importantly, we have our God. And this is not his first pandemic. He's been through a few over the millennia, uh, and he knows how to carry his people through it. We've been relying on that knowledge uh, from the beginning. We're very grateful for the goodness and kindness of our God. Maybe 20 years ago or so, um, I was uh, at, at church, and something happened to me that uh, has only happened to me the once, although I wouldn't mind if it were to happen again, maybe even many times, and in some churches maybe it does, but just once in my experience, it was a, it was a large church, uh, big enough that uh, you couldn't know everybody. You know, we might have... Uh, uh, maybe a, a thousand people on a given Sunday uh, for worship. So you would often see people in and out, but you didn't know who they were. Well, one day I was uh, sitting near to a woman who I had seen at church many times. She was a regular, and, uh, but I didn't know her. And so I, I just thought I'd be interested in meeting her and getting to know her a little bit. So I went up and, and we we exchanged names and we talked a little bit. And I kind of asked her what her story was. And she said... I was a prostitute. Not something you hear every day at church. Something had happened in her life, and she described it for me a little bit, and you can probably guess what it was because she's telling me this story at church. She had met some people who followed Jesus, and rather than uh, being repulsed by her, they loved her, and they got to know her. And as they uh, found out her background and what, what she needed, they encouraged her. They helped her get some job training. Uh, they just did the normal things Christians do. She ended up learning how to be a beautician and a hairstylist. Became pretty good at that. Uh, she put her faith in Jesus, and God transformed her life. She became a beautiful person and a child of God. And I was just delighted to get to hear her story that day. Well, that's not uh, an original story for Christians. It's a beautiful story, but uh, also a common one. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation. The Old has gone, the new is here. And we believe that's true. We see that often in the church. This woman's story is an example of it. And her story is also my story. And her story is our story as a people. And her story is your story too, if you follow Jesus. Our God transforms our life as we put our trust in Him. We are continuing this series that I've been working on first by video uh, from my uh, home studio in my greenhouse and now uh, here live and in person and with uh, uh, some also online. We're working on the series Great Cloud of Witnesses, studying heroes of our faith from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, which gives us a, a list of ancient heroes of faith. Ancient even when this was written 2,000 years ago, going back all the way just about to the beginning of the human race and then working its way uh, forward in time. Today we're looking at Rahab the prostitute, the next hero of faith in Hebrews 11. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says about her as he takes us through a list of great ancient heroes of faith. Hebrews 11 and uh, verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Just that one verse, that's all he says about Rahab, but he gives us four uh, important bits of information here. First, Rahab acted by faith. That's why she's in this list of great heroes of faith in Hebrews 11. Second, she was a prostitute. Not the kind of person you would normally expect to find in a list of heroes of faith. But there she is. Third, she welcomed the spies. We'll look at that story in just a minute. And fourth, she was not killed. That's a good thing. Because of her faith and what she did by faith, she was saved. And she saved some other people along with herself, too. Rahab's story comes from the book of Joshua in the Old Testament in our Bible, specifically from Joshua chapter 2, and there's a little bit more about her in chapter 6. So we'll start in chapter 2. Here in Joshua, we have the story of Israel's preparations to attack Jericho as they entered the promised land, oh, about thirty-two to 3,400 years ago, so about twelve to 1,400 years before the time of Jesus and before the book of Hebrews was written. So let's pick up in Joshua 2 and verse 1. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. "'Go, look over the land,' he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, "'Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land.' But, as she, but but she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land. And that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you, for the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below." Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hills, so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. Well, two Israelite spies enter Jericho and stay in the home, possibly an inn, Uh, belonging to this prostitute named Rahab. Surprisingly, she understands who they are, and she protects them. She hides them on her roof. She lies to the king's men about them. She lowers them down to her window that's built into the city wall so they can escape. She gives them instructions about how to hide from the men who will be searching for them. Now, we'll have to talk some other time about whether or not it was a sin for Rahab to lie to protect the spies. That's another lesson all by itself. But what she does here is surprising because the Israelites are there to attack and destroy her city and take over the land. And she knows that, and yet she supports them. Well, why does she do this? She tells the spies why in verses 9 through 11. She and the people of Jericho have heard how Israel's God dried up the water of the Red Sea, for the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. That had been 40 years earlier. People were still talking about it. They'd heard about what the Israelites had done to Sihon and Og, two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan River, opposite, uh, across the river from Jericho. Well, those two kings had attacked the Israelites, and the Israelites had killed them and taken over their land. They had completely conquered it. That had just been a few months earlier. Now Rahab is convinced that Israel's God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. And that he has given her land to Israel. So that is Rahab's faith. She might not have the faith of an experienced Israelite who has walked with God for decades... But she has enough faith to know that she wants to be on God's side. On the side of Israel's God and not on the other side. So she acts on her faith. She protects the spies. She sends them off to safety. She negotiates with them to save her family. She asks the spies to protect her whole family and they agree to do so. By faith. The prostitute Rahab was not killed along with the disobedient. By faith in God, she was saved. The application of Rahab's story to our stories today is obvious. Turn away from your sin, put your faith in God, show your faith by what you do, like Rahab did. And you too will be saved from God's judgment, even if you're a Canaanite, even if you're a Canaanite prostitute. Does God love even Canaanite prostitutes? Of course he does. Anyone who turns to God in faith will be saved. I would imagine that the hardest part of what Rahab did that day was turning away from what she had always known. Her own gods, her own people, her city, her homeland. Going to be with the people who spoke a different language and had a very different culture. I don't know how she felt about being a prostitute, but maybe even stepping away from that identity was hard if it was the only life she'd ever known. Maybe that was hard for the woman I met at church that day too, stepping away from the identity that she knew. I don't know if that was hard for her or not. Rahab went through a huge transition here. And life-changing tra- life transitions like this can be very hard. But nothing is impossible with God. And somehow Rahab understood God's power. She had heard about Israel's God. And so by faith, she turned away from everything she had known. She put her trust in God. And she saved her family. Rahab's story reminds us that when we come to God in faith, he transforms our lives. If you know God or if you're learning about him, if you have some sense of his power like Rahab did, then you already understand God well enough to know that when you come to him, when you honestly, wholeheartedly come to him, he transforms your life. And if you've walked with God even just a short time, you know how our turning to God and repentance for transformation It's something that we have to do, not just once, but over and over and over again. And God continually receives us and transforms us. He changes our hearts. He makes them new. He cleanses us more and more deeply. He renews us again and again. He strengthens us and purifies us and makes his image shine within us. As we sang a few minutes ago, his mercies are new every morning. When we put our faith in God like Rahab did, just pure, courageous, relentless, giving absolutely everything to God, faith, he transforms our lives. Like he did for the woman I met in church that day who used to be a prostitute but became a holy and beautiful child of God. So here's what God did for Rahab. This is what happened to Rahab when she put her faith in God and then the walls of Jericho fell and the Israelites took the city. This is Joshua chapter 6 now in verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet When the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. What did God do for Rahab as she acted by faith? First, he saved her family. Joshua made sure that she and her family were protected, just as the spies had promised her. The rest of Jericho... Died those who the writer of Hebrews says were disobedient, meaning disobedient to God. But Rahab put her faith in God and her family was saved. Second, God gave her a new community. Verse 23 says her family was at the beginning placed outside the camp of Israel, but verse 25 indicates that in time she came to live among the Israelites. She became part of the community, and apparently she was still alive when the book of Joshua was written. Third, God gave her new standing with him. James 2, verse 25 says, Rahab was considered righteous because of what she did for the spies as she put her faith in God into action. Over a thousand years later, James looks back at Rahab and says, she was righteous. She who had uh, not known God came to God in faith, and he changed her standing before him. Fourth, God gave Rahab a husband, gave her a home, gave her a family, and gave her a heritage that still blesses us today. Matthew 1 verse 5 lists Rahab in the genealogy of Jesus. So Rahab, we see, became a mother she uh, became a mother of a line of people that leads down to Israel's great King David, who himself was an ancestor of Jesus. And so Rahab became an ancestor of Jesus. And so we can say that through Rahab's lineage, God blessed the world. Now, if God did all these things for Rahab because she put her faith in him, And put her life in his hands. What might he do for us. When we put our faith in him. At the least. When we come to him in faith. He will save us from his judgment. Like he saved Rahab. And he will transform our lives. In good good ways. Like he did for her. God did this for Rahab. He did it for that woman. I met at church 20 years ago. He did it for me, and he will do it for you. And not just once, but as we turn to him in faith over and over again, he blesses our lives and transforms us over and over again. Our God is powerful, and he is good, and he is faithful. If anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation, The old has gone, the new is here. We believe that this is true. Our God transforms our lives through the power of the death of Jesus on the cross, which we engage as we come to God through faith in Jesus. Jesus' death takes the place of our own judgment from God. Rahab and what God did for her, In response to her faith is just one more witness to the power and faithfulness of God. Jesus is the greatest witness of all. Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 3, I've been completing every uh, lesson in this series with this passage. Those verses say, therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles one of these among a great cloud of witnesses, a model of faith and a reminder of God's power to transform our lives as we come to him in faith. And most of all, remember Jesus, the perfecter of faith, who trusted in God all the way to the cross, the one through whom God transforms our lives. Remember him, put your faith in God, Let God transform your life. God bless you. Let's pray together. Lord God, the God of Israel, the God of Rahab, the God of Jesus, the God of us who are gathered here today, both in person and online, thank you for being our God. Lord, we, we who have followed you have seen how you have uh, transformed our lives. And sometimes we see how you are working to transform our lives even today. And we thank you uh, for your great love by which you invest yourself in us and work in us to make us more and more into your image and into the image of Christ, our Lord. Dear God, help us to put our faith in you today. Help us to put our faith in you this week. Lord, you heard a little bit ago when our brother Colin mentioned to us uh, terrible things that have happened in our nation and in our world uh, these last several months. Lord, these are difficult for us to bear, but as we uh, endure, Lord, uh, we look to you in faith and we ask you, Lord, to continue to give us strength. And not only strength, Lord, but also this transformation we've been talking about that we may be found holy in your sight and increasingly so. So this week, dear Lord, whatever may happen, whatever may come, we pray, dear God, that you would give us eyes of faith to see you and to put our hope in you, to put our confidence in you. We pray that you would walk with us, that you would continue to change us, that you would make us your children more and more. We thank you, dear God, for your great kindness to us through Jesus. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Every day we thank you for your spirit who continues to work in your church to build us up and to guide us uh, daily. Lord, let your blessing rest upon your church today. In Jesus' name, amen.